Space Corps Directive 5011708109721 says all dwarfers must listen to Dwarfcast. Uh, uh, Mr. Rimmer, sir, I think you'll find... Shut up, Crichton, I'm right. Hello, and welcome to the Ganymede and Titan Dwarfcast for Dimension Jump 19! <laughs> Interesting. Uh, right, I am very tired, and also Ian Symes, and joining me from GNT is Danny Stevenson. Who is also tired. And no one else. But we do have a room full of special guests, including Heleth. Hello. Mark. Hello. A very warm welcome to John's Mad. Hello. Pendo. Hello. Kieran. Hello. At long last, Stephen Fletcher. Hello. Alex Newsom. Howdy doody. Tom. Hello. Lauren. Hello. Amy. Hello. Joe. Hi. Shelley. Hello. Carrie. Hello. Joey. Hello. Is there anyone else down there? No. <laughs> no. Good. Well, this is us. Uh, and we are in the Nottingham Crown Plaza where DJ 17, no, DJ 19, 19 <laughs> oh, yeah. has just been held. It is currently five minutes to ten on the Sunday night. We are all extremely tired, but I think we've all had a lovely, lovely weekend. We have. Um, does anyone want to talk about it? No, not really. Um, That's it. Goodbye, everyone. Right. Well, thank you for listening. (laughs) Uh, This is a a rare DJ in recent years in that there has been no announcement on stage at any point of X amount of new series. That's true. But uh, so it's felt to me uh, like a kind of more of a old school traditional DJ where it's not been overshadowed by any one thing. Mm. There's been lots and lots of little good little bits. Little bits. Shall we try and, and recap from the beginning? <laughs> yeah, let's have a go. Let's see how far we get. We may have some help. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, most of the people in this room are members of the team committee, uh, either members of the fan club or people who are helping out. So, uh, none of us know the full story of what's happened this weekend because we were all too busy. So, we're trying to piece I mean, it together. I know what was- Scheduled because I, I supposed made to happen. It. <laughs> well, other than that, whether it actually happened is another matter. <laughs> if you can help us with the running order, Joe, that'd be great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perhaps if anyone has any more information, <laughs> it'll help to shed some light on this matter. Uh, but no, uh, the first thing was the opening ceremony, oh, which yeah. uh, Mr. Alex Newsom uh, coordinated and took part in along with Shelley and Joey and Kerry, and it was good. I can't yeah. comment. Yes. <laughs> I think that was a question. Yeah. <laughs> no, does anyone have any opinions or comments or anecdotes? About I, the I was room? back left of the room and behind the speaker, <laughs> so I couldn't actually hear any of Alex's uh, words. Oh, yeah, that was the first fuck-up of the weekend. He didn't have a microphone on, but apart from that, <laughs> if anything, it would probably anyone who's listened to the Garbage podcast will probably appreciate that not having Alex Newsom on the microphone <laughs> was an advantage. <laughs> But I, I could hear everybody else's, and I could, you know, uh, I could see from the miming of the polymorph prop and all those sort of <laughs> things. And you had on this screen, uh, I don't know who the guy is. You, you'll know. You can probably chat him out his name. But you had a, a guy playing somebody up in space mm-hmm. who's communicating with the with the crew. That was Henry Imbert as Lieutenant uh, Colonel Magruder. Ian's other other half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My double act partner. <laughs> Uh, who is also uh, the voiceover in the new series of Robot Wars? So there's oh, a, there's right. a connection he makes there. Robot Wars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 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 that guy. Uh, so yeah, um, we've made 
uh, Michael Magruder canon now. Yeah, as played by my friend. <laughs> but not just Michael Magruder. We made something else canon. Did we? Bob Ross. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a highlight. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so... Should we explain what was actually supposed to be happening in yeah. that? Yeah. Because it does sort of go that through the weekend. For anyone who wasn't here, yeah. Oh, I got the gist that it was a, there was a polymorph uh, we had to look out for. We- and, uh, yeah, that's, that's the kind of gist I got. That's about it. <laughs> Why not explain, Alex? So we were we were, the idea was that we were on stage and um, there there was a podium on stage with a box on, and the contents of the box was not what was expected. At which point, a signal is intercepted from uh, Lieutenant Colonel Michael Magruder, who has crossed across dimensions, because therefore we can say that he's in the TV canon now. Has <laughs> entered into our dimension. Um, to chase polymorphs as part of the Gelf Interception Task Squad <laughs> or GITS <laughs> Hey, same to you, buddy <laughs> <laughs> Which when pointed out Magruder takes great offence at and puts the place on quarantine <laughs> leading to uh, entertainment being put on yeah. by Pre Who anticipates the, the weekend's entertainments and thinks that we'll enjoy these things therefore puts them on and one of the things she anticipates is that we'll enjoy is the joy of painting <laughs> and so thanks to Danny uh, what was sort of suggested as a hey we could do the joy of painting uh, ended up being Rimmer paint, uh, Bob Ross painting Rimmer on the toilet <laughs> while commenting and there there's your painting I think that is my, my favourite thing we've ever contributed to Dimension <laughs> Just not even and so it was all kind of downhill from there this yeah. weekend <laughs> uh, and then as a result of that there were just various things with a polymorph on stage um, that came out of the box uh, suckering me <laughs> uh, oh boy were you suckered <laughs> and it made you extra helpful didn't it it took away the negativity. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then we got underway, and then we leave the stage. And when we've all left the stage, Magruder comes back on to tell us that uh, he has some more information from one of his cadets, uh, who was Carrie, telling us that actually we have two polymorphs. At which point, Carrie comes back onto the stage to turn mm. off the recording just at the point which she's on the we're, screen telling us what to we're do. We're still not sure whether the person in this room right now is a polymorph <laughs> or not. I was actually accosted um, on the Saturday evening by a guy cosplaying with the um, the rimmer with the white jacket so, and with guns as I approached him in the morning. And also a guy was very wary about buying a ticket off of me because <laughs> I was the polymorph. <laughs> Imagine, so Carrie, up until now you didn't tell us you had a twin. And then you could have just drop. <laughs> that would have been absolutely amazing. We have neglected to mention pyrotechnics and props. Oh, okay. Oh, let's tell the story of this prop. Uh, do you know what? I, I, re- I really wish. Um, I really wish Jez was here. Yeah. Because um, he could enlighten the story by approximately 44.3%. <laughs> but Danny, you were witness to the making of this prop. Yeah, so we designed uh, a bazookoid in, uh, in, in Blender, and we decided that Jez said, who's going to build one? And we thought, uh, this is 3D printing for those. So some of it, yeah, so some of it was going to be 3D printed because it's just easier to do that way than trying to mould out letters and stuff and that kind of thing, and making casts. So he made a, a, a bazookoid out of um, uh, mainly MDF, so it's quite a heavy, robust little thing. 
hospital not really been operative <laughs> we'll come to that uh, yeah we'll get to that and um, so we made this berserk idea we started, started building it and there was just something off about it which was like it's, it seems like it's too long like the barrel seems too long we'll have to shorten the barrel because it doesn't seem like all, all the measurements don't seem to match up with like the pictures we've seen of them with the bazooka against the hip it seems to go too low to the, like too high it's like near, near their stomach and stuff and we just couldn't work it out um, Jess has nearly finished the bazookoid. And so originally your your reference for it was one particular picture. Oh, this was it, yeah. Where the bazookoid was next to a pot of paint. It was next to a pot of paint or, a, or a, a, some PVC pipe. So we assumed that the pipe was a certain diameter and then we worked the rest of the bazookoid based on that measurement, which was, you know, 110 mil or something like that. It was something like that. And so we built the entire thing based on those measurements so we measured everything out. And Jez was there just going, I can't find this fitting for this pipe. I can't find these pieces. Where the hell has he got these pieces from? And we worked out why. Because when Jez finished it, we watched the... I put the documentary on because I thought that it might have some information about the bazookoid and stuff. Or just, you know, I think we just wanted to put something background noise. And it was the one that me and Jez are on. And just after our bit on the documentary, there's a bit with Mike Tucker. And Mike sort of turns around and grabs the prop bazookoid to show to the camera but he doesn't quite lean back far enough for us to be happy that the bazookoid was as big as we thought it was <laughs> and it's a tiny tiny little bazookoid he literally wrapped his hand nearly completely around the barrel at which point Jez just went oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> and they pulled it down and then literally we realised it was like and then he went away for a fag and then he sent me a message later on just went 44.76 and I was like what he went that's the percentage that there's Bazookoid is too big. <laughs> so we have a bazookoid that's actually, it's a Mark 2.44, because it's 44% bigger than it should be. Because so this thing's a fucking beast. It turns out, so Jez knew, it's uh, in the picture with the pot of paint, yeah. and he knew that particular brand of paint, and he had a tin, and so he measured the tin. I think so, yeah. And then it turned out that they do that tin in two sizes. Uh, <laughs> I just love when you phoned me to tell me. It was like you were phoning me to tell me you'd killed my dog. I've <laughs> got some news to break to you, and I don't know how to tell you. It was, it was just, it's too big. It's, it's just too big. And then we just sort of realised, and it was like it just got, and it was like Spinal Tap. It was just like that. It says right that. here, eighteen but inches. Yeah. But on the other end of that, because what the, 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 it culminates in was Shelley holding the bazookoid and firing it at what is the polymorph, which is yeah. a sheet of paper that's printed out with the lineup you ended up with the unintentionally hilarious sight of this massive fuck-off bazookoid shooting this tiny sliver of paper. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a good aim. Yeah. My in-universe explanation for the bazookoid is that it's been rebuilt by nanobots and it hasn't settled down yet. Ah, very <laughs> good. I like that. That's good. Yeah, we'll have that. that that's our excuse. Is that a good time to mention the QR codes? Because I kind of links in. Yeah. That's and that's, so. that's what people were doing when they first came in because people were scanning... like fucking mad when they came in <laughs> so because last year the QR code was a bit we, we, we felt it was a bit too easy everyone seemed to get it really quickly so we were like ah do you know what we're going to fuck you guys up we're going to get this really fucking difficult this year so what we did is we basically did 100 codes in a grid this time and we had a I'm so proud of this because we managed to get a really good sense out of it so basically the idea is you scan 100 codes and you get a grid reference in each one and you fill out this grid and it comes out looks just like a grid of just like a word search but if you read the columns the message would read, uh, help the Nautilus by sending a message to Captain Edwin Herring at gmail.com. You'll receive an auto printed reply check spam. 
I think that's what we said. It's still live if anyone wants to see what the yeah, email Yes, so if you actually do email captainedwinherring at gmail.com, no spaces, you'll get an automatic reply so you can kind of see what would happen. Um, he tells you to go to the a, a post pod somewhere in the hotel, which was in the merchandise room, and on the post pod was another QR code. Scan that, gives you a coded communique, and if you decode the communique, you use the same grid but using different coordinates to make different ones, and using the same letters, we spent so much time on this. <laughs> we managed to get the sentence, and I cannot believe how fucking happy I am we got this. We got amorphous genetically engineered threat located in launch pad hub plating suggest twat it. Oh, mission compromised suggest twat it. <laughs> All of that was still in the grid. We didn't reuse any letters more than once. It was, that was what was in there. So yeah, we that was the message that you ended up sending as like a we finished the code. This is what we've done, and it did take. I mean, when was the first email sent? It was as we were setting up for the Olympics. So it was Saturday. What time did the Olympics start? Three. Three. So it would have been about two o'clock on Saturday. And weirdly, there were about seven people who all solved it within the space of about half an hour. Mm. Well, I was approached by some guy who um, had solved it at the Olympics because he uh, he said. I I think that I think I have solved it, but there may be a mistake. Yeah, That's it. Yeah, he, he wasn't sure of a certain word, and the word was twat. <laughs> he wasn't sure, <laughs> sure, he wasn't sure that was a word. So I was like, no, mate. I was like, no. We could tell them they got it right because we were going to just draw the raffle of the people who got it right and then pick out a random winner of those people. But he was like, I'm not sure if this is a word. I was like, yeah, mate, word. So <laughs> well done. You've got it. <laughs> it was good. It was good fun, and uh, yeah, we should do more things like that because it really gets. We had so many compliments from people saying, "I really like the QR code; it gets people talking." And the same, you know, the reason why we did it was to get people to kind of like mingle and kind of give an excuse to people to go like an icebreaker, and it, it works. Sort of vaguely related to the QR code thing, um, a couple of people were saying, "Oh, like, like, where are all these QR codes? Because like, I've got some letters missing. I don't know. I don't know what's going on." And so I was sort of saying, "Well, you know, you've got you've got to scan all these the, the passes and things." Um, and while I was telling them this, I realised that because of the way that we do our passes in blocks of 50 and with the job titles, the very last block of 50 that we had was were the holograms. And we'd only given one hologram pass out, which is... Which is ironic. And I was like, well, there's one hologram somewhere. Maybe find him. <laughs> they were like, right, right, we're going to go and find him. That would be He's still being scanned now. It did get to the point that you'd see people going into the room to, to go in for a Q&A. And you see a few people just working their way down everyone in the aisle. Well, that's, that's a good way to do it, especially if you're walking back from the, having your autograph done and walking past the queue. You could just nail 50 people, not nail. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> this convention just got a lot more popular. Every fucking time. <laughs> you nail 50 people every fucking time? <laughs> Wild man. <laughs> Unrelenting. <laughs> Moving on. So what was the first? So after the after the opening ceremony, we had the quiz. We had a quiz. Oh, we had a quiz with uh, Mark Dexter and Lucy Paul. Lucy Paul, who it turns out you uh, you were briefing her, Danny. 
Yeah. On the on how the quiz would work as chief quizmaster. Yeah. I just assume people can understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I assume I assume that everyone. I, I I don't know. I just I just yeah. So Lucy very <laughs> was listening along very politely, very nodding polite. uh, until you got to the end of the briefing, and then said. I'm sorry, I can't understand a word you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't catch any of that. Could you repeat that, please? And I, I speak really quickly anyway. As you Could you be less northern, please? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so uh, she's so sweet. And, and Mark was amazing. Um, yeah. Mark was one of the highlights of the weekend. Really, really I was. Thought. I love Mark. I think he's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Okay, we had it, um, the photo shoot with him, uh, the photos we took for the pre-flight announcement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mark yeah, Dexter's yeah. comedic faces. Oh, he, he, does, good, he does good Gumby. <laughs> yeah. He does very good Gumby. We should release those photos somehow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> really I think maybe we will. Put them on the Facebook page or something. Yeah. They're really good. Um, so, yeah, we did the quiz, which I consider was incredibly... I don't know. I, I, I suppose this might open up to the floor for the quiz, then. Yeah. The, uh, how, how, how did, did you, you find it? it? Yeah. I felt it was very fast. So, really? Yeah. See, I thought we were being very slow about it. No, I, f- I felt it very fast, so I'm trying to think of a question, the next question coming up, and we ended up missing out a question and being ah, a question behind. Okay, yeah. the initial yeah. run, we did that, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's what, yeah, and then we did a second run through. Yes, that's why we did a, yeah, we did a yeah, second yeah. run through, because we assume people might not have caught the, the, at least the, the, so we do like a general knowledge round of like 30 questions. <laughs> General then, knowledge. Yeah, Lucy took the piss out of his big time for that. It's like, this is very specific knowledge <laughs> you're asking for. Yeah. <laughs> this is not general at all. Uh, and then, so yeah, the general knowledge round, and then there was what? Was it more difficult than usual, the quiz? I felt it was, yeah. Good. Yeah, Mark <laughs> told me he, like, he, obviously he didn't know the answer to a lot of the questions, but he was like, I think I've wrapped it very, very hard. He's like, the, the top score was like 11 or something. <laughs> I, I'd gone upstairs and then I came back downstairs partway through the quiz and just as I was trying to get into the room, I got accosted and I was told, whoever's written that quiz, you tell them they're a bunch of bastards. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, thank I will pass that message on. <laughs> but we do have in the room at least one quiz winner, don't we? We do. Yes. Stephen R. Fletcher. Stephen. So your oh. team... Oh, that's going to peak. Uh, your team got what forty-five out of fifty-five, so it can't have been that difficult. No. And how many questions did you answer in your team? Uh, well, since I'm the only one here, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, good. No, uh, it was it was, a lot of it was Tim Shaw and um, um, other people. I can't remember now. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, me, Tim Shaw, and. Uh, Quite a few other people. It's quite a small team, yeah. I think, that, that actually won it. Uh, we, had yeah, more, it was... we had spare trophies. Yeah, we had a lot of spare trophies. Did you? Oh, yeah. no. There was about seven people on your team. We expected was, there yeah. to be like at least like 12 people in the team because we just did the way the tables worked. We just yeah, assumed there was going to be big teams, but you guys were at the front, weren't you? Yeah, we were at the front, yeah. And uh, Tim Shaw came up with... Uh, well, it was 99% Tim Shaw, 1% me. He came up with the uh, name for our team, which was the... Um, Skellington, Skellington's Twister Appreciation Society. <laughs> and, uh, uh, well, first he came up with the uh, skeletons, and I said, to make June C happy, let's call it Skellington's. Thank <laughs> you. And, uh, <laughs> and he said, yeah, let's go for that. And uh, I'd never been so happy in my life to hear the word skeletons being said by Mark Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, we all grabbed our trophies and gloated for the rest of the night. It was yeah. wonderful. Good. Yeah, the uh, we we had a, an observation round. We normally want to make this like kind of we, we were struggling with what to do for that round. And, uh, <laughs> at the last of the eleventh hour, 
on the Thursday. It was the Thursday night, wasn't it? Thursday night, about 2 o'clock in the morning, 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, wasn't it, Yeah. We were like, we need something for this. And then someone said, well, well, you know, the the theme of the thing is like polymorph. Why don't we do a polymorph-based question? And we were like, okay. How much could we annoy the audience? I I do. I'm so proud of the question. <laughs> so I think that we so we played the clip twice. That was yeah. the one thing that yes. made it. We're being very kind. kind. But I think yeah. that was we needed to do that thing. So we played the clip twice. It was the little clip at the beginning of the episode when uh, Kevin runs up to the mirror, covers his eyes, and does his initial kind of panic transformation into multiple things, and. Uh, and one of the questions was, how many times does the polymorph change? Yes. And everyone just like, oh, you fucking joking me. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh no! What was the what was the other what was the other trick? The, the other question was what the was time the, on the clock? What, the what was the time on the, the clock? Pattern on the socks. <laughs> Every yeah. single question was. Uh, what was the inflatable animal? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, all right. Everyone got those. Oh, one. the the one that probably caused a bit of controversy was the what the was colour bas- the basketball, <laughs> which <laughs> was yeah, uh, officially orange. red, but people claimed that on the screen it looked orange. Yeah. What colour is the dress? I mean, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> it was a white and gold basketball. <laughs> <laughs> it was blue and black, mate. Blue and black. I found uh, when we were putting. Because you were, we all gathered up together to do the counting the transformations. We were yeah. like, right, okay, what we'll probably need to do is just play it through. We help enough of us around. We'll just all... Yeah. We'll all do up. it, and if we all end up with a consensus of numbers, then we'll then agree we... that's probably what it is. <laughs> no one thought we should just slow the footage down. <laughs> <laughs> it took us about ten minutes to get to that. Hang on, we can just play this slower. <laughs> but also, yeah... When we when we went round and there was what about six or seven of us all counting, every single one of us got a different. <laughs> None of us were right. No. It took me about half a bottle of wine, I think, for us to work it out. So it must have been a little. Yeah, and then we figured out that yeah, we could just advance it frame by frame. Yeah. That would probably be an easy way of doing it. And then but you then, expected your audience to do it about that. Yeah, yeah. there was a brilliant <laughs> moment when someone had thought they got the right answer. Yeah. So yeah. the brilliant bit was that the <laughs> bit when yeah, yeah. it goes to the rabbit. And everyone's like, ah, brilliant, I've got the right answer. And then, no, there's a ball. <laughs> and there was like yeah. 34, so there 35, was, shit! Yeah. There was a count in the top corner when we revealed the answer. Yes. We played it through with the counter going up, and then when it got to 34, everyone cheered. And then you just heard a little murmur of people going, no, no, there's one more. Ah! That's <laughs> <laughs> good. Good fun. I enjoyed that. Then, so after the quiz, Did what the fuck happened? Oh, yeah, karaoke. Karaoke. Who who here sang? You did. You, you did. You did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that singing. You were open. I think you were. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Did you well, propose your darkness? It was not that I went for All Saints this time round. <laughs> Never, Never ever. ever. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody can do that time. again. Which yeah, one? Extraordinarily. the chorus went. There were too many re- repetitions of the chorus at the end. It was quite awkward by I the end. Thought, yeah. I thought the CD had yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Squire. I scratched the record. <laughs> you need to reprise your darkness next time, I think. Well, we'll see. <laughs> oh, dear. Karaoke was fun. Yeah. I, I did it. I always, and, and the thing about DVP is amazing at steering. I've never seen anyone be able to steer people um, into getting back on track when they're singing like if they're just singing like a beat out and he just eventually just steers them back in if it's in key or if it's in 
time, he'll just get them back in, and as soon as they're back in, he's like, "I'll leave you to it," yeah. and walk away. It's just so good. Yeah, it's just it's great. so much fun, and he just it just makes you want to join. He, like I never do karaoke, but every time I watch them, I'm like, I really want to fucking do it." <laughs> every time I watch it, just to be close to DBP. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed yeah. the choir doing Bohemian Rhapsody. That, that was really, I got a video of the whole thing, but um, it's too big to upload it onto Facebook from my phone, so I'm going to have to do it on my it was, I think, what was it? It was like loads of people were wanting to do a certain track, they couldn't, we didn't have time, so it was like oh, everyone okay. get up and do this one song. And we'll right. do that. And it was like there was. I think were you were you in part. Of that I was or? just watching it, but it oh, okay. was like well, it's joining in with the room singing. But yeah. Oh, I mean that was, was just a great awesome. Line. It built up, you know. It was really really good. It was excellent. And then we closed with a big sing along of always look on the right side of life. Yes, we did, which we had to jerry because he didn't have the song on the karaoke <laughs> machine. So basically, <laughs> had to go Google, uh, Google the lyrics, put them into a Google uh, doc. <laughs> Put that on the big screen and use my cursor as a bouncing ball. <laughs> <laughs> Including a bit at the end that said, uh, lyrics, copyright, metro, lyrics, see more at this link. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, always oh, looking at the bright side of life, they didn't have it enough time, so it was like, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, and just like, let's go all the way down. That was good fun. I enjoyed that. I like doing it off the cuff stuff, and it just have to think on your feet. So that was Friday, wasn't it? It was Friday night. That was Friday night then. Uh, and then on Saturday, the first thing was... Robot Llewellyn. On his own this time. Yeah. I think the um, most interesting thing he talked about was the unused concepts. I think that was someone's question, and there were, there were two very interesting ones. <laughs> but I think the, the the main one that he talked about was a, uh, a story that was bashed around about uh, Crichton having a baby, and it would yeah. be like some sort of glove puppet that, that he would have <laughs> held, but it would have grown quickly and then become a teenager and been a stroppy teenager <laughs> and. I think that, and so that was a very interesting idea, and I, I kind of think it's a shame that it wasn't sort of explored. I, more I just find the idea of a robot that grows creepy. I, <laughs> I, I, oh, sorry, uh, I when he first mentioned uh, an episode about crying over a baby, I immediately thought of Future Armor when Ben has a baby. Oh yeah. What, when he said that, first of all, I thought he was talking about Dad. I thought that's yeah, what he was yeah. referring to, and then he sort of, as he went through, made it clear he was actually talking about a mech mm. baby. Yeah. yeah. And He's then, mentioned that before in another in in Q and A's before the, the, about the the robot mm. child thing. That's just a really weird idea. Because <laughs> the thing is, though, how do you get rid of that concept? Because you can't keep it. Yeah, Flush it out on airlock. Simon, you don't have to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when he first mentioned the concept. Like I said, I was reminded of the, that Future Armor episode, and then as he mentioned about the uh, the baby growing into a teenager. It suddenly reminded me of a Rick and Morty episode where the same thing happens. Oh, um, yeah. uh, uh, Morty, uh, he has like an alien baby and it just grows throughout the episode to um, uh, to like a stroppy teenager and by the end it becomes an adult. It wants to destroy the world. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so maybe then the reason why this isn't uh, planned to be made into an episode is because it's been done. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, done right. well um, he also mentioned some... Well, the first thing he mentioned was... Uh, he had to stress that there's no news, there's no announcement about a new series, but he did say something which, in retrospect, I found interesting. He said there has been talks about series 13 and 14, and I realised, oh, so if they're planning to do a new series, then I guess the intention is to do two series back-to-back again. But that's what I got from it, or maybe, mm. I don't know. Is that what... That's what I inferred from that, yeah. Yeah. Don't know one way or the other. No, I mean... Essentially, there continues to be no news. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But if there was, that, well, that's what you'd. Yeah. Yeah. 
that is what we yeah that is what we are expecting to be the next bit of news is that thirteen and fourteen together maybe, but this is just pure speculation as usual. Yeah. Welcome to Canterbury and Tony. There was the other um, unused episode idea that you mentioned. <laughs> He's mentioned this one before. There's an interesting one, yeah. But yeah, it is that the, the red dwarf would go through the gay ray <laughs> and and make all the characters very camp. Uh, please don't, don't. <laughs> if you listen, please don't, <laughs> because we've had enough discussions about dodgy things in Red Dwarf. We don't want to go down that road. I knew when someone asked that question to him, anyone used concepts, I knew straight away he'd mentioned the gay way. <laughs> oh god, he has been mentioned on documentary, hasn't it? Yeah, and yeah. I think he's mentioned it at Q and A's before. Um, he's, he's mentioned it a few times now. Oh dear, so that was so Bobby. Uh, I can remember one moment Chris Bowie sort of uh, almost forcing me to spoil an episode from Series 12. <laughs> uh, it was at the um, autograph session, and I just said to him uh, when I was speaking to him, I said, uh, I love Series 11. And he was just saying, like, you know, he's glad to hear that, and it seems we've gotten a warm reception, and then he started saying, I can't wait for Series 12 to come out, I think it's great, and there's some episodes I really love that I can't wait for people to see, and I just mentioned to him, yeah, I saw an episode at a recording, and then he said to me, oh, which one? And then I just immediately thought, oh, shit, because what do I see? Because um, there's fans standing next to me, Do I? how do I describe it <laughs> yeah. without spoiling it? And uh, I, I thought... Um, it's daft, but I'll rely on his memory and I'll just say, um, uh, yeah, that's the first thing I shouldn't have done. I just said, uh, I went to the fourth recording and he said, can you remind me what happened in that one? <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to be vague enough for it that uh, anyone overhearing wouldn't be spoiled too much, but he'd uh, hopefully get what I was talking about. <laughs> Thankfully he did, but it was just like... You know, um, it seems no one on the show cares about spoiling episodes except fans. And the, yeah. Well, I mean, I, think, I don't think anyone in the Q and A is giving anything away. Do they? I was so shocked because uh, I'd I'd said before the event started, like we're in trouble because we have six episodes of Red Dwarf that have been recorded yeah. but yeah. not broadcast, and we have Robert Llewellyn on stage <laughs> 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 and Danny John Jules and Chris Berry, and there is no way. That they're not going to have forgotten at some point which episodes have gone out and which haven't. Yeah. So, like when people get asked what was your favourite scene, what was your favourite episode, I was expecting them to say, "Oh, this thing that we did, blah blah blah," and then oh, everyone in the room go, uh, "What?" Oh, that one with the gay <laughs> ray. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Danny skirted it by not re- discussing even series eleven in this. That's what Danny discussed. Danny said to me, Danny, "Danny's Q and A lasted one hour, and there were four questions. <laughs> <laughs> Most of it was involved me." Googling things for him. <laughs> it gets very distracted, doesn't it? It seems that the running theme in six the Q&A was separation. six degrees of separation, where he just names, it just say some things, and then say six degrees of separation. <laughs> but Madonna. I've met Madonna. Six degrees of separation. <laughs> what? reminded me of a Kevin Smith Q&A like there's only four questions that get asked and in an hour and he just has ridiculously <laughs> long answers just 
just going back to what uh, Stephen was saying then about uh, the series twelve and almost spoiling to uh, to Chris. I was chatting to a, a another guy whose name I cannot remember, so I'm sorry, but uh, he was saying that he was talking to Chris about one of the episodes that he'd been to see, and he'd been to see episode one, and uh, he was speaking to Chris about it, and he tried to be very coy about it and revealed back from the um, episode titles that were released accidentally on the mm-hmm. series 11 DVD and Chris confirmed to him what the episode he'd seen was called uh, he <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was convinced that that episode was the one that I'd seen and not the ah. one that the other person <laughs> and I cannot see for the life of me how any of the other episode titles fit so in conclusion, episode, we so, still don't have a clue. <laughs> yeah, so so that really, really baffled me that the episode title that I'd assumed was for my episode isn't for my episode, <laughs> but how, how does it not fit my episode? How does it fit my episode? <laughs> so, what, so having, That's crazy. So having knowing things, we know jack shit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but we know that that's not a working title. That is a uh, real title. Okay. Yeah. But it is. could be Chris's way of avoiding spoilers by yeah. not remembering the latest series. Or yeah. Chris might just not remember anything about what he's done. <laughs> which is another possibility. Well, it's funny because that's the fun thing for me as well. Like, these titles coming out and having been to an episode trying to guess which episode <laughs> I went to that which episode will match with the title mm. that's been a sort of fun thing <laughs> to come out of that I would imagine that well I don't know, this is again based on absolutely nothing this is just what I'd do if I was in that situation if I was dope I would deliberately change every single one of those titles <laughs> yeah, just yeah, to yeah. spite us <laughs> <laughs> in three cases Good. There's some yeah. not very good ones in there. Chris also doesn't have a great track record with names. I've got quite an unusual name because it's Welsh. It's got weird spelling. It stands out a bit. And last year he signed my stuff and he says, I've never signed anything for anybody with that name before and I've been coming since 2004. <laughs> <laughs> and he did it again this year. Also, oh, if we're on the subject of Chris, Chris's auction with Mark. Yeah. You could really tell that Chris has done some auctions on some after dinners. Yeah. You say that like some bad thing. No, no, it was it was it was, it was great. But against you. What was that catchphrase you get coming out with? Is it worth it all the way? Worth it all the way. <laughs> Rare as fair energy. warning all day long. It was very very intense. Chris pointed at me. I'd have bid it for anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll tell him that. Then. <laughs> <laughs> to know. The auctions uh, started later than anticipated because autographs took longer than anticipated on Saturday. Sorry, everyone, unavoidable. You got four hundred people need autographs, and that's how long it and takes. Chris Barry was an hour late. Chris Barry was late, and then very, very chatty yeah. <laughs> by his own admission. But but with regards to the auctions, it kind of worked to the advantage because people were a dr- lot drunker than they would have been, <laughs> and so they spent a lot more money than they would. Have been. <laughs> it was all a ploy. <laughs> But yeah, um, the double act of Chris Barry and Mark Dexter is sensational. Always remember from this weekend. Uh, Because their Q&A on the Sunday was uh, joint. And I didn't know that Mark was so quick-witted. I knew knew, I'd met him a couple of times before. I knew he was funny, but I didn't realise just how quick he was. I, I, I just like when I first met Mark, it was strange because I kind of met him in the green room because I was getting my autographs done in the, Mm. the green room. And I thought, oh, he's a bit not very chatty. He's not very, yeah. I, I just think he gives off this imp- impression that he's not that involved. But then when you see him on stage, and then when you saw him in the 
in the coffee lounge, as I had to mention. But uh, he, he, he was just so quick-witted. He was so such dry humour as well. It was really good. But really felt like they were real brothers. With yeah. Crazy. yeah <laughs> like they'd grown yeah. up it's together. the weirdest thing, isn't it? And it was so, so strange. It yeah. just shows how much effort went into the casting, maybe. It was even yeah. look all really a lot of effort. You swear they'd known each other for years. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know. Did, did they actually know each other anyway? No, or was it no. Right, they, really? They met oh, on yeah. Trojan. Yes. I think they did. Um, they were put together in the green room before everything kicked off. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, they had their autograph session in the morning, obviously, but then they did have a chunk of time in the green room before they went out onto the Q&A stage. And while they were just sitting, you know, the chat was all very much, they their backgrounds were very similar and they've got a very good mm. rapport from that. So that was just... It was chat, 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 chat. It's, it's just bizarre watching them on stage because it's just like you do just look related. Yeah. <laughs> they just seem to gel so well with each other. It was really weird to watch. Yeah. It's just like they just seem to be so comfortable with each other's company. It was just really weird. They've got a really good chemistry, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. very much. So. Yeah, there's a great bit where um, Chris was asked like sort of the standard question that always gets asked: "What's your favourite episode or scene?" Yeah. And he said, "Well, I have to say, uh, the Trojan was a particular highlight." And while he was still oh. mid-sentence, <laughs> this is what I mean about Mark being so quick, while he was still mid-sentence, Mark got his wallet out and got a £20 note and handed it over. <laughs> Thank you very much, Chris. And then Chris said, uh, the writing in particular, and then he snatched the £20. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there also that question when um, someone said, obviously, Chris had played both himself, you know, the Arnold River, and Frank, so we've got Howard, who would play John, and then we've got oh, Mark leaning so against him, suggestively <laughs> grabbing his tie, <laughs> batting his eyelashes. He was like, "Well, me, obviously." <laughs> that was one for the Tumblr community. <laughs> and then well, another the highlight of the auction for me was when Shelley placed an accidental bid. As as Chris himself said, never wave during an auction. (laughs) (laughs) How much was the bid for when you got it? When you got about forty quid, I think. That's all right. I paid it. I couldn't take the shame. (laughs) That would have been quite good. Accidentally bankrupted by waving. (laughs) (laughs) My politeness has killed me. There were quite a few instances of people bidding against themselves as well. Yeah, people got confused, I think. <laughs> Can I mention the costume competition? Yes. yes. Which yes. I didn't experience very much of, unfortunately, um, but was mammoth. Yes. Yes. 42 um, entrants, was 42, 42 people. Yeah, largest carry. we've had, yes. 42 is the answer. Yeah, we had a lot of groups and a lot of very, very original ideas yeah. Yeah, I didn't witness a thing of that uh, what, was, list, what were the highlights um, one of my ones I thought was quite good I like the ones that are really that just take an idea there's two that stood out I think one of I don't know if you want to do the winners or something in a can you remember them? Um, <laughs> it's Sunday night. No one remembers. There's obviously some amazing ones, but one of the ones that stood out for me was a Quagout warrior. And it's like, and it's like everyone's like, "Well, what does that look like?" And what it was was someone in like sort of full army counter, uh, lady in full camo army gear, but with a chicken suit over the top of it all, with a massive inflatable gun. And it's just like all that stuff just mashed together is like that's a Quagout warrior. It's just, it just looks like a soldier. But a chicken, <laughs> a roast chicken. Yeah, the um, I think the the way that the winner uh, for the costume competition individual was the Lady Starbuck. Of course, not uh, Emma, I, who I stole from Star Fury. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was um, 
and that was a kind of starbug themed shaped model which uh, uh, there was a few years ago there was uh, the Red Dwarf the Red Dwarf yeah. oh yeah which is, uh, yeah. Red Dwarf so, Couture yeah. so ship's couture is popular yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ship oh, couture and then <laughs> the set was the second place the, it's a series 7 rimmer it was a female series 7 rimmer yeah the, the so. dress the kind of quilted style dress so uh, was second and then third was uh, Paul Giacchetti wasn't Wait, it as uh, Chancellor Wednesday yes oh excellent um, it looked fantastic it did yeah. and I think on stage performance with um, literally, yes but literally spilling his guts well it did walk <laughs> on my eyes sat like he was flopping his penis so, so Paul obviously is Chancellor Wednesday. How did like these testings? Oh out, yes, yes, yes. And he was like walking around, kind of like, holding uh, them in. But, but from when, a distance. But when he, but when he came distance. out, when he came out as like the winner, <laughs> <laughs> like like full on meat spin. <laughs> it's meat. It's a bold <laughs> criticism of the competition. <laughs> it, look, it was brilliant. It was and we brilliant. had the group not forgetting as well because this is the first year we kind of divided it into categories almost because mm. yeah. it was becoming obviously it was becoming bigger and bigger each year yeah. so we wanted to make sure that also I suppose group entries had a chance as well yeah um, and the group winner um, was uh, a Melly which is very good seeing as it was Hattie Hayridge which was hosting yeah. and uh, Ace Rimmer and obviously yes. you queued up the music up there yeah the it's the first time that someone's actually asked me in advance that they can have this this the, the costume competition gets more and more kind of <laughs> Like advanced and people asking for more and more things, and it's like it's part of a part of a performance. And they said, "Can we just have some like walk-on music?" I was like, "Yeah, we should probably do that for everyone. That'd be a really good idea." And I was like, "That's a very terrible idea." <laughs> and it's like, "Oh, that's a lot of work." Yeah. <laughs> but if people ask for it, we'll do it. It's the uh, you know by request. I'm quite happy to do that kind of stuff. So that's like if it's part of the performance, if it's part of the show, part mm. of your piece to to you know to impress the judges. Then if that's the effort you want to put in, that's the effort you get out. of was the Melly and H. Rimmer duo, were they like mother and son or they grandmother were and mother and son? Were they just, <laughs> yeah, they I was cut well. out the grandmother. Was the Melly and H. Rimmer mother and son? I just thought that was really nice as well because I've not seen that yeah. before. Yeah, as, well, yeah, were, yeah. as long yeah, as they really didn't nice, do yeah. the line about being covered, going into the quarters covered in maple syrup. That would have been a bit awkward, yeah. But yeah, that ace looks absolutely spot on in and terms of the just is just, just looked right. just incredibly good. And for, yeah, got the helmet. He, he his um, personal signed item was his helmet. So on the front, Disgusting. I think Chris <laughs> and Ricky. <laughs> 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 Such a smooth so, yeah. surface to sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Chris signed on the front. So smoke me a kipper on the back and got Hattie to sign. Yeah, covered in they've covered in maple. Syrup. <laughs> nice, fantastic. Uh, speaking of getting unusual items signed, my, <laughs> one of my highlights from Dimension Jump as a whole, at a, at a DJ first as far as I was, I was sat in the autograph room and then just hearing, Chris, could you sign my baby? <laughs> Someone, I remember the baby's name is Louie, uh, suddenly I've met about 400 people this weekend so I can't remember the parents' names, so apologies if you're listening, but yeah. Uh, they were getting their baby signed. <laughs> Not actually on the skin of the baby, <laughs> just in case the NSPCC are listening. But they were getting the baby grow signed. There was this, yeah, there was a vest that they had mocked up. Um, and obviously, obviously, the course of the weekend, the baby having to reuse this vest every now and again mm. had um, all the signatures, apart from a few kind of stains in the front. They said, well, 
Craig's not here, so that's kind of the list. Craig's <laughs> 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 list of leaving his mark. <laughs> Well, literally, before the baby was handed to Chrissy, I'd just been sick a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I was like, please don't be sick on Chrissy. <laughs> here's, lovely here's a review <laughs> of a Prince Among Men. Sorry, I don't know where that came from. It's all in the coffee lounge. Um, <laughs> oh, is it time? Is yeah, it time yeah, for the jingle? Right, well, this time round, this is our, our one and only regular feature on GT. Uh, this time round, we have representatives that were in. In fact, quickly put your hands up who was in coffee lounges. Oh my god. Oh wow, cool this one. We have a four way cock situation. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for. The four way coffee lounge cock. Four way coffee lounge cock. What happened in the coffee lounges, Chips? Let's start on the. Um, Saturday. Yeah, well, we haven't mentioned Lucy Pole very much yet, but oh, I mean, yeah. she was a big draw for me in coming here. I was a tick box of who I'd want from the current series to be here, and um, we saw Twenty uh, recorded, um, and definitely one, definitely one wanted to see Harmony de Gutierrez <laughs> at the Speakeasy, and um, yeah, and no, it's the first time I've done the Coffee Lounge, and I really, really enjoyed it, and we had um, Sue, Sue Ann Braun as well, and um, they were talking a lot about uh, accents and kind of the craft of, of actresses, you know. Yeah. And um, also Lucy's a big uh, Python fan, being German-born and then going to live in America because she's authentic New York accent. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, we were talking about Flindiger Circus and whether mm-hmm. or not John Cleese actually pulled those those German interpretations off, you know. But she was pretty pro that, he, that he'd done it well. And um, what else did we have? Robert Llewellyn? Yeah, I asked him if he was disappointed his sax solo out of 20 covers cut, and he said he was. But, uh, oh, yeah. And then he told us that uh, his, uh, his wife played saxophone and yeah. played, played it in the house rather loudly for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any, anything to add to this cock? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, on the Sunday, I've made notes. I don't let me get oh. notes. Oh. Pendo was only there on Sunday. Pendo has done more prep for a dwarf cast than we ever have. (laughs) (laughs) Have you prepped your cock? (laughs) (laughs) My cock is well and truly prepped. Um, Well, obviously I asked, I I was in on a Sunday with Danny and Chris, so obviously my first question is, you know, the plans for future dwarfs. So I had Danny first, asked him, and he was really, really, really enthusiastic about a live show. The way he was talking was as if that is the next thing on the card mm. in this live show. Uh, got the impression that it was going to be like a stage show, travelling around, blah, blah, blah. He, he, Danny seems to think that's the best thing for Red Dwarf to do next. He said because they're all really entertaining when they're on stage, they're all natural, natural in front of the audiences, blah, 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 blah. And he thinks it would drink him lots of money. So then he asked Chris about the, doing a live show. He said no. <laughs> uh, he said uh, he, he said he doesn't think it'll happen uh, the logistics of doing a live show because obviously people are going to expect lots of special effects mm-hmm. uh, and the logistics because he said they, they work with a lot of special effects but based on the TV industry but obviously you're going to need stage special effects which is different uh, he seemed really surprised that it would be happy that it would actually happen to be honest he seemed really the complete polar opposite to Danny he was just like 
So in conclusion, <laughs> over the course of the weekend, from the three of the four main cast members, we've heard from Robert that the next thing is series 13 and 14. We've heard from Danny that the next thing is the live show. And we've heard from Chris that the live show is probably not going to happen. <laughs> so uh, come to Dimension John for all the reliable, hot-off-the-press news. Yeah, that, that was pretty much all I got on the scene in terms of news. Like, but, you know, uh, Stephen Critchlow was absolutely lovely to speak we, to. We've not, not mentioned him yet. yet I sadly didn't get a chance to meet him at all, but... He seemed very lovely. Stephen was, was brilliant. He was really enthusiastic about the weekend, yeah. and he, he seemed to be chuffed yeah. with how it went. Uh, he, he's a Red Dwarf fan. Like when I approached him originally, um, he's saying like just being there was was really exciting for him because he's he's always been a fan and and he was genuinely excited and happy to come and and see all the fans and. Yeah, uh, I wanted to ask him what he made of our ceilings, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> he said it was a coffee lounge that he, he liked the ceiling. Oh, that was good. <laughs> <That's laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And he, he tended to. He did it in the photos as well. <laughs> <laughs> he was looking up. Oh, yeah. That explains. Uh, <laughs> so I'd seen a few people's photos from the photo session and I was like, oh, Stephen seems to be consistently looking up the whole time. <laughs> I've just got it. <laughs> I've just oh, realised. When he mentioned that, coffee lounge he said that um, someone had mentioned that to him he said he wasn't deliberately looking up at the ceiling he said it was something his dad used to do to hide his big nose oh. <laughs> so he said he tends to stand there his, his, looking slightly up to hide his big nose and uh, but he, he realised what people thought he was doing so then he went with it yeah, okay. <laughs> also Chris and Mark um, when they were signing the photos because um, they did their autographs yesterday so we got the, the photos pre-signed before we got them back to people today um, were kind of mocking him relentlessly <laughs> and said he just kind of looked like he was a bit lost and had wandered into the back of the building. <laughs> and they were cracking up like Chris lost it. It was hysterical at each of the photos that he was going through. It was, it was quite amusing to watch. <laughs> yes. But generally speaking, Stephen Critchlow, amazing bloke. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. Very much. Um, he was very. It was his first convention of this size, kind. Mm. It was um, his first convention. Oh, right. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's not done any for anything like his big finish work. Or no. Okay. No, he just, yeah, he genuinely seemed to be interested in what everyone was doing and was, you know, karaoke, disco. Yeah. This, is, this is a thing that conventions, you know, that other people do for other things. Yeah. Like, oh, yes, but we do it better. Yeah. <laughs> you just seem to be really like genuine as well like so when I was talking to him in the coffee lounge like just a passing comment I made about something I've done over the past few weeks later on in the like a couple of hours later in the uh, in the day we passed each other again and he wanted to know more and he stopped me and said oh it, oh, it was you well, tell me more about that and and whatnot as well so he just seemed really genuine as well I really wanted to know the fans which was really really nice as well so so if we could get him back again brilliant because mm-hmm. He was really humble as well beforehand. He was like, will everybody know who I am? Are they going to ask well, me questions about the show? And if not, what should I talk to people about? Everyone's going to know who you are. And yeah. his cue just got out of control because everybody wanted to chat to him. Really lovely guy. I did hear a few people use the phrase no veneer in here, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think he alluded to that in the Q&A, didn't he? Yeah, he did. 
He didn't he say that that's what he gets most recognised for? Yeah, the thing, yeah, the, the, what the problem I've got is that the AV disc. I don't really concentrate on what they're actually saying. I have to concentrate on whether there's any problems. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really listening to what they're saying more than just is there any issue going on. Right but now? my main takeaway from this, from today's Q and A's in particular, was uh, so the first on was Danny John Jules, and he got onto stage at about half past ten. I'd had about two hours sleep Me I was too. operating cameras and Danny John Jules decided that for the entirety of the Q&A <laughs> he'd be walking from the left of stage to the right of stage <laughs> I really needed to kind of have a gentle start and I was just stood moving the camera with my arm in the air eventually, for an hour I saw, I saw you first of all you stood up with the camera and then eventually I looked over and I just saw you sat down with your arm like that so. <laughs> Just watch it like, automatic, almost like you just didn't need, you didn't need to know where to it was going to work. Yeah, I think it's Danny's natural rhythm as a dancer that he was walking at the exactly BPM, perfect like, pace, <laughs> so I was able to just not really pay attention to know where he'd be. You do realise no one can see what you're doing on the podcast. Wanking <laughs> shit. Just think waving a lighter at a concert. Yeah, that is what I had yeah, yeah. uh, Can we mention the pink helmet? <laughs> oh right yeah so have you got it out again uh, but before we get onto the pink helmet speaking of which we need to close this off uh, so is there anything else about the coffee lounge yeah I was talking to um, Robert about the episode of uh, 12 that we can talk about publicly the All Crichton yes. episode and I think some of this is covered in the documentary the last DVD but his head's been photographed 3D printed and mm. the Crichton mask made of a mould of his yeah. 3D head uh, which is why he's got a bit more movement in, in, in his face because it's not sagging uh, down on him. Um, but then the rest of the cast still had to have the plaster cast version because they, uh. they were only doing one episode. And um, that budget-wise, you perhaps couldn't afford the 3D head across that factor. Sure. Or, or maybe there's even more crimes in that episode than just the four, who knows. Yeah. But um, it was good because I was kind of saying to him, oh, do, do you mean to say that all these years you've had to suffer the... The, the, the plaster cast across your face and when the, the rest of the crew find their <laughs> cast to be Crichtons as well they get a really easy 3D printed version and he's like no 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 they, they all suffered and uh, you know Craig said to me like how, how do you still this for 28 years Robert you know? <laughs> but then that happened when um, Judy did Camille she's like I don't know what you're complaining about <laughs> <laughs> but Judy by all accounts seems to be uh, yeah, a lot tougher than Robert so <laughs> <laughs> okay so that was the four-way coffee lounge cock. And let's move on from cocks to pink helmets. <laughs> <laughs> what was the pink helmet? Have I missed something? So, Danny was trying to go... <laughs> this was about I a remember. bike. And he was trying to... He basically was like, people were not getting the clues as to why he had a pink bike with the Jaguar print and the fact that the bike was a model that was built on a suit on a Thundercat. To be fair, he doesn't explain things very clearly. <laughs> why was mind he, why, is very uh, random. Yeah, so he was getting me to Google <laughs> One thing that really worried me, I sort of realised a little bit too late, is that my safe search wasn't off. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was typing things in and, and, and doing stuff, and I was searching Danny John Jules' bike and stuff, I was like, but, you know, Googling me sometimes throws up some weird shit as a yeah. result of your search. Yeah. You know, it's like, like a, a weird... What do you normally search for? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say it. 
I'd be more worried about your history. Cleared. As of this morning. But it was basically, it was like, look at it, I was like, hang on, I can't, I don't scroll past the page I'm on in case something's yeah. there. And I was just terrified. And then he, and then he went, oh, just, and he kept clicking. <laughs> it's like you expected the screen to be like a touch screen. <laughs> so so we, we, had, screen. we had the output from Danny's laptop on the projector. Yeah. And so Danny was walking up to the projector and touching the... <laughs> Open that one. This blue picture here. Click on that. And it's like, no, no, the one on the left. Yeah. And then he asked you to search for pink helmets. Yeah. Yeah. And I, very wisely, you... you yes, yeah, that's not a good idea. No, not at all. Up until this moment, when I was approached by somebody this morning who said, I very much enjoyed the Q&A this morning, but what was Danny on? <laughs> I did not understand what was going on. I, I had to explain, sorry, I was running around doing a lot of stuff. At this well, I, I witnessed the whole thing and I can't answer that question. <laughs> I think it was just more of an outpouring of train of thought. You always, you, yeah, with Danny, he doesn't necessarily need any input from the the Q part of the Q&A isn't really an issue for Danny he can just make up his own questions and answer what he wants to answer it's Danny's A session <laughs> he's certainly A session but it was good it was it was a bit different this one as well because he just like just kind of mixed it up and stuff and I think he said the six degrees separation got him talking about the bacon number and all that kind of thing because someone he didn't know what the bacon what number the was I was surprised he didn't separation know because he hasn't got a Anything that has a connection to anything else, which is a six degrees of separation. You've dried yourself with a towel? One I've dried myself with a towel, six degrees of separation. <laughs> well, it, it was basically, the whole thing just seemed to be a Danny's career, basically, yeah. talking about that and it's how everything connects to him. You know, six degrees of separation. Like, it kind of started we? because someone asked him if he'd go on something like Strictly Come Dancing as a dancer. That was it. Yeah. And then he, and he, he just slagged off Bruno Tully only for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and listing reasons why he's a better dancer than Bruno Tully only. I, I remember he mentioned uh, there were previous Bond actors he worked with in a, uh, in a play. Uh, yeah, he yeah. was in a play with Daniel, Daniel Craig. Craig. Uh, Andy Circus, Andy Circus, oh, and Gray Scott, actors, yeah. and at that point he was the only one of the four that had ever been on TV, so he was the famous one out of those four, <laughs> <laughs> and he still can't get a gig. <laughs> what haven't we talked about? We've kind of, you may have noticed listening at home, we've kind of abandoned the uh, the format of going through things in order. We haven't mentioned, and let me get the chanting right. Dave Benson Phillips. Dave Benson Phillips. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Um, yeah. That, why did that chant happen, though? Uh, I don't know. It's, that it's chant happened because the desk it? cut out. <laughs> <laughs> Dave was too awesome for the amp to deal with, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the same. And that's the story. And I'm sticking to it. He cannot be amplified. I just like got, having not been here last time, he was a DJ. I just thought that happened all the time with him here. It, no, felt like the, it felt like there wasn't enough Dave Benson Phillips this year. <laughs> Last year, he seemed to. Be... Well, well, sadly, that was an issue because the because everything was overrunning yeah. on yeah. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still had the two p the two a.m. end curfew, oh, so God. that meant that because everything started later, there was less disco time overall. Uh, but the karaoke. Uh, on the other hand, that was that went that on until one yeah. o'clock, yeah. didn't yeah, yeah. it? And so, yeah. and on both nights, it was pretty busy in there. Very busy. Yeah. In fact, I 
possibly the disco was busier at times than it I was would, last time. I would say the karaoke is the busiest I've ever seen. It. Yeah, yeah. I, yes. like genuinely the most, most enthusiastic yeah. I've ever seen. That that room was full all night, and that yeah. is completely down today. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So Dave, if you're listening, it was all you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you won't we, believe the, you. The, no, the, the <laughs> word of mouth from last DJ of just people knew what to expect. Mm. Yeah. We also yeah. had the goodbye message off him as well. He had to like, uh, yeah. he had to go, and he did this like makeshift goodbye message, which makeshift it, is the word. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was what time about, was that? Three a.m. That was about no, it was about five minutes to four, four. I think. Yeah, but oh, yeah. It, it showed though that how much he appreciated being there and how much he really enjoys what he's doing when he's at Dimension Jump. Yeah. And, he yeah, he yeah. is a man that deserves all the love. And affection in the world, and and everyone, every single person that meets him adores him. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Mm. I caught him um, this morning just when he was checking out, um, and like he'd said, you know, obviously he's like, oh, I, I love you guys, I've such a great time, and and he was like, you know, maybe I come back next time. I was like, yes, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> like, as soon as I've got the date, I'll be in touch. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, that's a luck. Yeah. Part of the family now. I'm not going to come anymore if Dave Benton Phillips not there. No, well, neither am I, Pendo. So. <laughs> <laughs> we will base DJ around his schedule. <laughs> Forget about, you know, Robert, Chris, Danny, Craig, no, or whatever. No, no. no, we just need a letter writing campaign. If Dave Benson Phillips refuses to come, we're just going to wrap this shit up. Yeah. <laughs> Shut down the fangler. No, we just need a letter writing campaign to GMP and Baby Cow to get him in the show. Yes, yes. In fact, and then every, you can have everyone as well. <laughs> everyone listening, regardless of whether you even know who he is or not, <laughs> uh, let, let's, uh, let's tweet Doug and uh, Linda Glover immediately. <laughs> can, them, cast Dave Benson Phillips. Can we set up a change.org petition? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's get the government involved in this. I don't think they've got anything else important going on. <laughs> let's get Dave Benson Phillips in Red Dwarf 13 or the stage show or the nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I think my, my I want to get Dave Benton Phillips in Hansard. That's that's basically my I want to get him in script. I want to get him in my life. <laughs> yeah, he's genuinely just a magical boy. If he in game digits is listening, get him in the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to do a quick shout out to Rebecca. Blackstone. Oh yeah. yeah. Who um, was the unofficial she guest? Was yeah. We um, we obviously uh, wanted her to come along because of being in Twentica. Um, but she has uh, a little girl, Lily, um, and um, her other half uh, works on the Harry Potter stage show and is busy at the weekends. She does not get time. So um, she had to bring her daughter with her and she wasn't sure how she was going to be with other people. So we just decided, come along, see us all, you know, have fun, chat to people, like if people want photos, um, you know, then, you know, we'll do that. And if you could do other things, then you can. And like she... She, I mean, she's such a lovely person, mm. and she just had a lovely time just chatting with people. And saw her like sat, sat down with some of the kids and colouring in and like <laughs> chatting to loads of people. And she had to head off because of her little girl, but she's messaged me twice already, <laughs> saying just like say tell everyone I love them all and <laughs> like I had such a lovely time and anyway, she's just lovely. And I wanted to say that. <laughs> I feel like an absolute ass because. I didn't realise she was there, and it was only, was it today or yesterday? I can't remember, it's all merged into one, yeah. but I was talking to someone and said, oh, Rebecca Blackstone's come. I was like, has she? Oh, I've, not, oh, I've not seen her. What, what, where is she? Where is she? And they were like, 
who sat next to her before. <laughs> I was like, where's what, where were Apparently I was sat next to her and just totally oblivious that I was sat next to her. But, you know, it was really good first. fancy dress. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't the first, a few people would, were speaking directly to her and didn't recognise who yeah. she was. Because she's quite transformed, because obviously it's pre, she's got a very harsh mm. look at her. And then reality, she's actually a very... Got very yeah, friendly um, Yeah, well, I remember face. that from the last one. Yeah, yeah. She, so the she Big Bang Barrel was a wig as well. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did. Somebody cosplayed, uh, Carrie cosplayed Kerry as King Big Neal. Bang yeah. Barrel, and when she came down in the costume, I was like, <laughs> come and find me later. And Rebecca was thrilled. She was absolutely <laughs> thrilled. So was, I got a photo. It was together. Big Bang Pre, wasn't she? She merged yes, the two characters together. Yeah. She had a face with the uh, the markings on her face, but oh, she dressed as um, Big Bang Barrel. So she yeah. basically went, she basically cosplayed as Rebecca Barrel. Blackstone, yes. <laughs> which I think is brilliant. Well, she originally planned to just do Big Bang Barrel, and then when she found out about Rebecca Blackstone, I remember she said to me, "Oh, you know, last minute, oh, I, I'm gonna do Big Bang Pre." I didn't wonder you know. why the name was changed on the yeah. on the other sheet. Just yeah, last okay. minute, she just did it all last <laughs> minute. Excellent. Yeah. Such, I, I, I do love the inventiveness of the costumes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're always fantastic. By the way, speaking of costumes, I remember that there was the Rim and Morris dancers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Were they just actually Morris dancers? Yes. yes. Oh. That's cheating. You're not allowed to do that. Said Patrick at the Olympics asked them, uh, you, only, you only dance monthly because it's Morris dancing monthly. <laughs> and they sort of said, well, it's probably once in a lifetime. It's actually, to be fair. <laughs> No, I was impressed. They had so many badges that were all different aspects of Rimmer's life on the badges, and then presented Chris with like a full set of them as well during the autographs. Oh, wow. yeah, it was good. Wow, I didn't, I didn't I know about that. that. It was good attention to detail. Yeah, though. but yeah, they were like, "Oh, let's bring all of the costume competition people back in, and we'll have a look at everyone." And I was like, "Fucking, the room is now full." <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> there's a lot of people. Mass- I think that is the biggest turnout of competition. Although, well, yeah, in, in my era. Pure numbers. What has been good, though, was that everyone was incredibly well-behaved as well, which yes. is always the yes. thing, which yes. I think that uh, what makes um, it a good thing to run is if the people who you're trying to help are willing to accept the help that you're trying to give. Yeah. And I think that you know, the people have been fantastic and the <laughs> attendees have been patient, they've been... Supported one another as well. Exactly. I was like, about to no mention animosity. this. No animosity. There was no, you know, like the real kind of intense competitiveness. They were cheering one another mm. and encouraging. So it was I was about to say that because, like, you exactly hear what's going outside the room. And as soon as the, the costume was about, like, the best group and the mm. third, second, and first place were. Everyone was just, all you could hear was just massive cheers from the other room. Cheers from the outside of the room. Exactly. It just sat, it was like, ah, everyone's kind of loving that. It's a a thing in general that over the last few years, I've probably mentioned this on a Dwarfcast before, but cosplay has become a bigger and bigger thing, a part Mm. of, like, not just Red Dwarf and in general. And I've, yeah, it seems like the people that do that are always incredibly supportive of each other and very inclusive and, and, and lack of judgment and, you know. It doesn't matter what you look like, what body type you've got, etc. Like everyone's welcome and everyone can do their thing yeah. and express themselves. And it's been a very inclusive uh, set of people that I've seen as the full full attendance and uh, going into like you know with wheelchairs and handicap and that kind of thing as mm. well. But everyone mixing well together. Yeah. Uh, Dimension Jump is a utopia. <laughs> it is. It is a little island within Brexit Britain. <laughs> this is the only hotel where people will get along with each other. That's why nobody wants to leave on a Sunday. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> <don't> leave. <laughs> 
Uh, I did also just want to um, mention the Red Dwarf Olympics. Yeah, um, yeah. Which oh, yeah. I've got no idea. Put a lot of hard work into. To the extent yeah, where yeah. she fell asleep about 30 seconds after she said hello at the start. <laughs> but, um, uh, so, Joey, I'll just pass this message on to you now as you listen to this in podcast form. Wake up. I, no, no, I'd specifically up. like to thank our helpers on the Olympics, which yes. includes Dan here. Boo. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember who else we... And Kerry, Kerry and, and Dan Gwyneth. 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 But also, uh, because Chris was running late on the Q&A, to get these guys through so that they could come and help us we had to get some last minute help in mm. from Curtis Katie and uh, Andy Andy Holland from GNT. so all of them and have seven been Joe and, so, oh, and seven Joe we don't, we don't think so do we nah. <laughs> I thought that was policy <laughs> just, just while you're mentioning people from GNT, we promised that we would give a shout out on this dwarf cast to yes uh, Philly Mess yes. also to Fat People <laughs> on Twitter yeah. and also to Paul uh, who is chap uh, from Australia who came over specifically for this and uh, and listens to our Dwarfcast so hello to all those people yeah it's it, it's it's kind of it's really nice when people come up to us and just say oh you know your, your Dwarfcast is kind of helping us with our commutes and things like that it's like it's just really nice to but know my, my assumption is that for every one person that does that there's also someone who sees us walking around and going oh it's those cunts <laughs> Good. I think that every day. <laughs> um, yeah, just wanted to uh, a further comment on the Olympics before it goes off. Sorry. It, it's fine. <laughs> um, it was just to say um, that it like it it seems to be getting more and more popular each year. Oh yeah, first time. Um, yeah, yeah. I had so many people coming up to me asking me. Is it part two of the Olympics tomorrow? And they were so disappointed when I said oh. no, that it wasn't on Sunday. It, it, has, um, it has now reached a point where we're desperately trying to get through everyone. Mm. And yeah, it's, the queues now, it's its quite a phenomenal change from what it was. I'll just say as well, I know Alec mentioned the people who volunteered and stuff like that. Um, I really, really enjoyed volunteering. It's the first time I volunteered to help out with the Olympics and whatnot around. Um, around DJ really really enjoyed it. and everyone like looked after me and helped me out and and stuff like that but it was really really fun because got, I got to speak to people that I've never spoken to before or might not yeah. necessarily speak to and stuff like that uh, so uh, you know I, I, what I would say to anyone is it you know if you're willing to do that would, would be to pass on to Joe or whoever to, to you know put your name forward and you know volunteer to help out around the weekend I'm sure any help will be greatly appreciated because everyone's worked the socks off so you know if you're willing to, to spend some of your time to to, to the extent stuff, that you know. at least two of us have changed our socks to do this dwarf cast <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so I just want to say so if you just volunteer really you could put your name and forward see the universe <laughs> you know, and you know, it's a different way of looking at the convention, but it's really fun. It's, you know, but but if everyone does that, then there'd be no attendees. So that's <laughs> <laughs> there's, a t- there's a tipping point, and it did give you a good chance to sort of work out you're in a game show host, didn't it? Oh yes, yes, mm-hmm. my in a game. You start show developing host. catchphrases you never knew you had. Exactly. Let's clear the board. <laughs> <laughs> that's a five, and that's a ten. <laughs> I did have. Oh yeah, our average is zero. Speaking of game shows. Oh yes. Uh, but I think the one thing we haven't mentioned, we did another game show. We did. Uh, we d- we've done pointless for the last two conventions, so we changed it to pointless's biggest rival, the Chase, <laughs> uh, aka the Ace. Uh, Seb Patrick was the chaser, 
and he did really badly. <laughs> he is probably going to pretend, and he probably will have pretended by now, by the time you listen to this, he'll have been pretending on the internet that he deliberately let the uh, let the contestants win so that what they is? get the prizes. You he could did. see his soul being sucked. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was a brilliant performer. His, his, uh, when I, I only managed to see a little bit of mm. the ace, but when I did come in, he was playing the part to perfection <laughs> of him. Not well, a lot of people know this, but... <laughs> well, as I said to him beforehand, the main thing that people get from the chase is that they're all very smug, very condescending, and very full of themselves, so just be yourself. But yeah, it was... Really, this is probably the most technical thing we've tried to do yeah. live, and it was and we didn't, maybe a little bit. We didn't too completely much. pull it off. No, I think it would have it would have uh, been uh, it would have gained. This is ironic when I finally get this sentence out. You'll, <laughs> it would have uh, been improved by us not being so tired that we couldn't think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as would that sentence. But, uh, but yeah, it was. It was still fun. There were I a lot of good was, things in it. And uh, we actually managed to give away quite incredible prizes. I mean, well. the team, yeah. the, the guys who actually played it did really, really yeah. well. I mean, like, the, the, the cash builder stuff for the big, uh, in, in each round and stuff, they were, just did really well. And they kind of stuck to their guns with their normal prizes. They didn't accept a lower bid to just make it easy for themselves. They stuck to the guns and it was... Someone was really close, it was really tense at points, it was just exactly what you wanted from a proper game of the chase, you know. And it was really good, everyone ended up in the final round as well, it was yeah. really, really nice. But uh, my favourite fuck-ups from the event... <laughs> from the, uh, <laughs> mine was when I was reading out a question and then sort of autopilot took over, and the question was, what nationality was the small off-duty traffic warden? However, when I read it out, it was... <laughs> What nationality was the small off-duty Czechoslovakian? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> we all, we gave the them the point. <laughs> and then my other favourite one was where... Because Danny made graphics for all the main questions where it had the question and then the three options underneath. Danny had made some sort of copying and pasting error at some point. The question was, what is Captain Oates' first name? <laughs> the options were, what was it, Henry, Henry. Lawrence or Oates? <laughs> so yes, is his name Oates Oates? <laughs> I actually thought that was an intentional joke. <laughs> uh, yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well be. <laughs> A lot of effort went into the graphics of that though, and it really paid off. So it's, well done, yeah, thank you. It's it's one of those things where you just kind of want to try your best to make it. But I think I may have bitten off a little bit more. Than <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm still I'm still pressing for you to do tipping point. <laughs> well, the, the problem is if we ask uh, Jez and Danny to build a prop for it, it would end up being forty-four percent bigger. Yeah, but it wouldn't fit in the room if it was forty-four percent bigger. Manhole covers. <laughs> well, after the the chase, that was sort of the end. Oh yes, but this is the that first was, event. When... Yeah, that was it's an unprecedented thing in DJ history, I think. It, and, and sharp contrast between the autograph sessions on the two days. Sunday's autographs went by so quick yeah. that for the first time in DJ history, they were actually done with while before the event had closed. I think <laughs> that helped by Danny John Jewell's speed sign, and I've oh, never seen yeah. anyone. 
the opposite of Chris Berry. I can understand. I mean, he needs his guest room, but Jesus Christ, that was bloody quick. (laughs) I've never seen Danny move so fast. I was holding five pens in my hand, and he would switch between each pen and each (laughs) item signed. But yeah, and but the advantage of that is everyone got their autographs and managed to make it into the yes. uh, into the main hall, yes. and it's the busiest it's ever been for the event closed, which was great. So we had a, an opportunity to actually say thank you for coming, and, and we'll see you again next. And, you had and a, it also a recap of your McGrew. It character. also meant they were there for what is also a first, which is a post credit scene. <laughs> post tight, yeah. <laughs> with the first, possibly the first convention to have a narrative running through a weekend. <laughs> So yeah, uh, the return of Michael Magruder. Uh, <laughs> the, whole, the, whole, the whole idea being that the whole QR hunt has been to send a message to Michael Magruder to mm. tell him that there is a polymorph loose and to, to help. At which point it, it turns out that the wrong postcode has been used and he doesn't care. But there's a polymorph loose on his ship anyway and gets him just as the event closes. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> By the way, spoilers. Uh, and so that loops it up quite nicely, <laughs> as did with the event itself. We started and ended by talking about Magruder, etc. So, is there anything else uh, that anyone would like to say? Any little extra bits? No. I've got, Fine. I've got one final point then. That if yeah. we could perhaps Small end on. point. Apart from saying thank you to everyone who <laughs> yeah. organised and made this, because I didn't do it. <laughs> I just. Uh, Gate crash your podcast. Um, <laughs> there was, you know, the idea that we all, all of us, all the inter- all the attendees, came together because of a love of one comedic television show. That maybe we sort of take on board some of the comedic rhythms of how Doug wrote this show a little bit. And um, they had a moment at the end of the disco on Saturday night. <laughs> Where you know we were all in, in euphoria because Dave Benson Phillips had whipped us up into you know the dance floor being full and everyone doing the kind of discos that you go to where you all hug yeah. at the end and you know and he finished with what was it um, we'll meet again Vera Lynn, Vera Lynn. <laughs> yes. we'll meet again by Vera Lynn and then that was this Saturday night over and as we as we were leaving there's a guy whose name I don't know he was um, a New Zealand born and uh, came over from Portland Oregon so he, perhaps if he's here listening he'll know himself by that. And uh, he's a slightly older man than myself, and he walked out and he said, "This has been the best night of my life," <laughs> which is the best compliment you could give a, a successful event like this. But then it managed to completely undercut it by going, "I've had a sad life." After <laughs> 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 that. Late on after that, when we were packing down from the disco with DVP, some, one of the members of the hotel staff came up to me about 3.30 in the morning and said, I just want to tell you, you've been great. It's been a pleasure having you here. They've made no mess in the hall, and only one girl was sick in toilet. <laughs> <laughs> all in all, 100%. <laughs> and, uh, Ian, Ian have the, uh, the, the lift fire... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, during during Friday night there was a malfunction with one of the lifts. Someone, it turned out it was uh, Ruth Wheeler. She has no one to it. Was stuck in the lift for a while, and uh, therefore the fire brigade had to be called to let her out the lift. So I'd heard that this had happened, and I was like, "Oh shit! I better go and check that, every, that everything's all right." Ran over. The fire brigade were there, so I thought, "Oh, that's fine. We're in good hands." And then I noticed they were looking really confused and, and sort of pointing at the wall. And I looked at what they were pointing at and it was 
one of the many mock-up posters that are dotted around the hotel, this one being for express lifts. And they were reading it and thinking, what the hell is this? Thinking that it was instructions for how to operate the lift. Which it is, but it's just an Esperanto. It is. There were most confused. And I sort of had to quite embarrassedly explain what was happening. And as soon as uh, I mentioned that it was a Red Dwarf convention, a couple of them were fans, and they were like, oh, do you mind if we just pop our heads in? And I kind of said, well, yeah. Uh, I, I, well, my actual words were, I think um, it's... Uh, the For the fire insurance purposes, we're not allowed too many people in there, but as you're five, and I think that's probably... Right. <laughs> uh, and so they went and popped their head in, and you just got the sense that everyone thought, oh, the strippers are here. <laughs> yeah, a lot of, um, a lot of people... <laughs> photos with them. They saw the phone like putting the hat on and they were posing for photos for about ten minutes. First they bring in Dave Benson Phillips, then it's the fireman. (laughs) So yeah, the next DJ is a a combination Red Dwarf and Fireman fan Right, and I think we're just about done there, I think, aren't we? Uh, it was a very happy weekend, a very tiring weekend. It's it's now later on the Sunday than it was when we started, so we probably ought to think about going to bed at some point and sleeping for about several years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we'd just like to. Uh, well, I'd like to say because I'm not part of the fan club team. I would like to say thank you to the fan club for continuing to exist, so that we can do DJ and for and for DJ. I'm just grateful that DJ exists because what I always forget when you know uh, Joe works incredibly hard to make DJ happen. And I have to sit in the living room with her while she does that. And so it's stressful for me as well. (laughs) But with all the stress that goes into it and all the hard work, the one thing that we always forget is that it's full of really awesome people. I always forget, in the lead-up to DJ, I get stressed and nervous, oh, we've got to do all this hard work. I always forget the other end of it, which is that all my favourite people are under one roof. And so it's a a lovely, lovely weekend, and long may it continue. And... uh... (laughs) Uh, so yeah we'll 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 be at the next one obviously Uh, there will also be more dwarf cast before that you would assume Uh, but for now uh, I think it's time to sign off and say Ed bye everybody Ed Ed bye what Shelley's filling up I'm really tired (laughs) (laughs) I'm tired and emotional (laughs) and now we've made a girl cry Thank you for listening to GNT Dwarfcast, and we hope sometime in the future you'll decide to listen to our Dwarfcast again. Have a safe onward journey. Goodbye.